0: I woke up this morning and walked outside, and this campus is beautiful. I saw it in the dark when I pulled up. So um, again, honored to be here. Want to honor your administrators and teachers and uh, Mr. Thiessen for having me. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's it's a blessing. So got to talk to a couple of football players a minute ago, told me they're playing tomorrow because the Huskers are playing tonight. So I guess the Huskers are pretty important up here in Nebraska. I am from Oklahoma originally, so I'm a huge OU fan, Boomer Sooner. Um, I know i'm not going to get much love on that so me and tim are going to get the mean tweets where's tim at all right tim (laughs) Uh, i assume that tim's going to be getting some of those based on the reaction we got what i want to talk to you about this morning actually let me go back and say uh, throughout the week i kind of prayed about what do i want to share with you guys i'm a teacher I actually teach at a middle school, and I'm the head high school wrestling coach at Shawnee Heights High School in Topeka, Kansas. Um, I don't know how many people are in this room, but I literally have PE classes, like one class that's this big. So it's an enormous school. I have some classes with up to about 60 kids in them. I'm from small town Oklahoma, though, from Pusco, Oklahoma, really small town, went to a small school, so I understand that atmosphere. Um, so I had no idea what I was walking into when I came in this morning. I didn't know if this was going to be like a preparatory and everybody's going to be in suits and ties. And I was in my swag sauce up here. Like, oh man, I didn't know, so I'm happy you guys are in t shirt and shorts. But as I was praying about what can I share with you, I thought, you know what, I want to bring a message. I want to bring a biblical message, um, and I, I often do preach. I get the opportunity to go and uh, minister and preach in various places, but I'm a coach and being a coach and a teacher and being in a school setting i want to provide you with some tools that you can apply right now in your lives and these tools will apply in almost every area and then they'll be backed up by scripture okay so whenever i work with teams mr Tyson said you know, i'm a wrestling coach and i work with a lot of wrestlers i'm actually leaving here going to carney i'm meeting with some fca people then i'm working with the york wrestling team tonight and tomorrow they're coming and doing a retreat in Kearney. So I do a lot of stuff with wrestlers, but I do all the mental training for our volleyball team at our high school. Our volleyball team won class 5A state last year. Um, I had a female on my team, Marissa Patterson. She is a three-time national champion, and uh, we have some girls on our wrestling team. I have two daughters. One's 10 and one's eight, and I have two sons that are four and two. So I kind of have had the opportunity in my life to work with a wide variety of people and a wide variety of athletes. But what I want to do this morning is I want to coach you up a little bit. Is that all right? Can I, be, can I be the coach this morning? So I'm going to share with you a chapter in my book called Man in the Mirror. And kind of the underlying theme of this chapter will be hard work. I've never met anyone. I love it. As soon as I said it, everyone's writing down the Man in the Mirror, hard work. I love that. Um, never leave your better judgment just to your mind. So if you hear someone speak... It's awesome to take notes, and maybe you guys are required, but that is a good habit to to implement for the rest of your life. So, underlying theme is hard work. Growing up in a family in a small town, it's actually an Indian Reservation in Oklahoma. We didn't have a lot of money. My dad was a teacher and a coach. He was also an exceptionally hard worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mother, uh, but my dad was a football coach. He was a wrestling coach. He ran a painting business. He ran a mowing business. My parents both cleaned offices at night. We often had cousins or other family members living with us, lived in a tiny little house, had one bathroom. My kids have no idea. We have like three or four bathrooms in our house. And They live in an older house that's pretty big. They go to grandma and grandpa's, and they're just like, someone's in the bathroom. We're like, you got to wait. <laughs> it's just, just how it is. But my parents worked really hard. Whenever I was nine years old, I got my first mowing job. I was going to go to a wrestling camp, and it was an overnight wrestling camp. I'd been to a couple, but this was overnight, and what's really cool is, this dates me and tells you how old I am, but this was in 1988, right before the 88 Olympics, and that was one of our best wrestling teams that the USA ever had, and the men who were leading that camp, John Smith, he's the Oklahoma State wrestling coach, he won the Olympics, Kenny Mundy won the Olympics, Andre Metzger was the Olympic runner-up, these were the guys running this camp, and... So right after that summer, they went and competed in the Olympics, and they all won. Now, I knew their names. I knew I wanted to be there. My high school principal lived across the street. So I went and talked to her, and I said, can I mow your yard all summer? And would you be willing to pay me ahead of time so that I can go and pay for this wrestling camp? And she said, yeah, I will. Now, that's tough because I never saw the money, right? I got it at once. I paid for my wrestling camp. So I felt like I was mowing for free all the time. I ended up getting another yard down the block. Well, fast forward, by the time I was a sixth grader, I had about 20 yards. By the time I was a senior in high school, I had about 35 yards. So what it often looked like in my life, in the off season, or let's say during the summertime, my dad and I would get up, we would lift weights at six o'clock in the morning, we would eat breakfast, he would go and paint somewhere, and I would go and mow somewhere. And I often hired some of the guys in my wrestling team to mow with me. And then when I was finished, I would leave, and I would go and paint with my dad until dark. For me, going to practice wasn't my workout. For a lot of people, like that's their workout. For me, going to practice was my break. And so, when I played football, I would get out of football practice at 6 o'clock in the evening and then head off to mow yards. Uh, that's just how it was where I grew up. Hard work was a value in our household. Now, I've never met anyone who is highly successful who doesn't work really, really hard. That's all there is to it. There are no overnight successes. So. My mom, she was a stay-at-home mother. She took care of us kids and the other people that we took in from time to time. But she also helped. We had a lot of elderly women in our neighborhood, and she helped them with their houses. She would help them clean, help them cook, those kind of things. My parents, to this day, still do this, but we had offices in town that we cleaned. So there were times at 9 or 10 o'clock at night we would drive to one of the offices, and we would be in there cleaning for an hour and then come back home. And my mom and dad, they still clean a bank, so they come up from Oklahoma to visit me now, and usually they can only stay one night because they got to get back and go to work the next day. Um, I really believe that rest and recovery is important, but I really believe that God put the desire to do work in us. Okay, If we look all the way back in Genesis, whenever God made Adam and he put Adam in the garden, what did he tell Adam to do? Does anybody know? He told him to tend it. Right, he put him to work right away. Hey, take care of this garden. He put him to work right away. I think God has put that down deep inside of us, that desire. So I want to go through a few things talking about hard work. Number one, you can never get back time. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to share this message with you. Being in middle school, being in high school, seniors, how many seniors we got in here? Okay, so you guys know it's gone by like that, right? Your high school has gone by quick. People will always tell you that when you're in middle school and high school, like, oh, enjoy every moment, it's going to go by really quick, and it seems like it doesn't, and the next thing you know, you turn around and it'll be time to graduate, okay? Then you'll be graduating from college, and then you're going to have a family. You can never get back time. So my dad is in the National Hall of Fame for coaching wrestling, one of the greatest wrestling coaches coming out of the state of Oklahoma. And because of that, I got to be around athletes my entire life. I got to be around wrestling, but I got to be around athletes my entire life. I literally started wrestling when I could walk. Went to my first wrestling match whenever I was two weeks old. And I pinned the guy, too. It was, no, actually, I wasn't wrestling in it. But, <laughs> but went to my first match when I was two weeks old. I grew up in the locker rooms. So the subtitle of my book is Life Lessons from the Locker Room Beyond. I was in there as a small child watching football film. I was in there watching wrestling film. I was hanging out with the guys. I was running through practices when they were doing two-a-days and three-a-days in football whenever I was growing up, doing all that stuff. But I got to see a lot of athletes come to our house, sit down, talk to my dad because they loved my dad. He had been influential and inspirational in their lives and they would carry on conversations. And almost every time when they were leaving, and these are guys who had already graduated. They were maybe in college or they were adults now. When they were leaving, they would say, Coach Parks, I wish I had listened to you whenever I was younger. I wish I had listened to you whenever I was on your team. I would have worked harder. I would have cared more. I would have put more into it. And then they would leave And my dad would look at me almost every time, and he would say, son, don't let that be you. Don't have regrets. Don't be the person who wishes they would have done more. Don't be the person who wishes they would have put in extra work. You can never get back time. So every single day, whenever you go to class, every day, whenever you go to your sporting events, or whatever it is that you're involved in, if you're involved in music or art, whatever it is that you love and that is a passion for you, if you give half effort, you're going to get half results. You're going to have to put in full effort every single time, realizing tomorrow is not guaranteed, and that I'm going to give it my all today. And when I do that, I'm honoring God, and we're going to get to that more here in a little bit. But you can never get back time. You should honestly be able to know whenever you finish a project of any sort, I gave it my all. It doesn't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. But you should be able to know, I gave it my all. My next point is, you can't lie to the man in the mirror. One of my assistant wrestling coaches, his name is Coach Crosson, Frank Crosson. He is the linebacker's coach at Washburn University, a Division II school there in Topeka. And he's been a head college football coach, he's been a head high school football coach. Um, he grew up wrestling, and I'm really fortunate to have him on my staff. I have a great wrestling staff. And after practice one day, we were talking to the team, and Coach Crosson looked at our guys and he said, Men, We have a really good culture on this team, and everyone works hard. But as coaches, all we can do is provide the opportunity for you. We can provide the practice schedule. We can provide the workouts. We cannot get into your bodies and make you work hard. Only you can do that. Whenever you go home tonight, and you're getting ready to go to bed, and you're brushing your teeth, hopefully you guys brush your teeth before bed. You're brushing your teeth, and you look at yourself in the mirror. You can't lie to you. You can't lie to the man in the mirror. When you look in your own eyes, only you know if you gave 100% effort that day. If you didn't, let me go back and say we can't get time back, but we also can't live in the past. Make sure that tomorrow when you wake up, you're giving full effort. You can't lie to yourself. You can fool your coaches sometimes, you can fool your teammates sometimes, you can fool your teachers sometimes, but you can't fool you. And whenever you put in 100% effort, whenever you leave it all out there, in anything that you're doing, it builds a sense of pride, it builds a sense of confidence within you. That builds a great school culture, a great team culture. I guarantee you that your teachers want you to work as hard as you can, not for them because they're not transactional seeing what they can get out of you, but for you because they wanna help you transform your life and they wanna help you be successful one day. Does that make sense? The harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. There are going to be times in life where it gets tough. Maybe you are trying to learn a foreign language. Maybe you're trying to perfect your sport. Maybe you're trying to be the best at your instrument of choice. And you're just struggling. Then we have real issues. Okay, we just talked about the hurricane. In life, there are going to be real issues. There's highs and there's lows. And there are going to be moments where you're going to have to make a decision, do I continue to push forward, do I strive and push on, or do I give up and give in and quit? That's internal, that's mental. You're going to have to make a decision, and whenever you've put in the work, whenever you've fully dedicated yourself to something and things get tough, you're going to drive forward. Those who don't, those who cut corners, those who take plays off, those people, who don't fully dedicate themselves to something, when times get tough, they're going to bell. And this applies to every area of your life. It applies to your classroom. It applies to your sports. One day when you get a job, maybe you're running a business and you're having a bad month. Are you going to shut the doors? Are you Are going to fold up? Maybe one day you're married. A lot of marriages end in divorce. That's just how it is. We want to change that statistic, especially as believers. And there are going to be times. I've been married now for... A lot of years, fifteen years to be exact, have four children, it's not always rainbows and sunshine. And we know that as Christians, it's not that way. When you give your life to Christ, sometimes people think like oh it's gonna be like floating on clouds. Guess what? The world's still out there, you still have all kinds of stuff to deal with. Whenever you work really hard and dedicate yourself to something, you're not gonna quit, you're not gonna give up. We need God's help to do that but what you put in is what you're gonna get out. Okay, so let me apply some scripture to these points. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. So I told you about the hard work my dad put in, some of the work I had to put in. Whenever I was a college wrestler, I would get up at 6.30 in the morning and I would go to the gym and I would get on one of those stationary type bikes and I would ride that for about 45 minutes. And I wouldn't do it real hard. I'd do it for about 45 minutes. Um, I don't believe in cutting a bunch of weight for wrestling, but I had to maintain to keep my weight down. And I'm also kind of a nutritional freak, so I tried to make sure that I did that right. But every morning I would go and do that just to get my metabolism going. But I also knew that every little extra thing I did was gonna add up, because small things add up to become big things. And probably not very many people, because I wrestled on a great team, And none of my teammates were there. Not very many people were putting in that kind of extra work. So I'd do that every morning. And then I would go to practice early, and I would drill. And then I would go through the whole practice, and then I would stay after, and I would drill. Um, I'm a really physical wrestler, so it was hard to get people to stay after practice with me because nobody wants to get hit with the double leg 100 times. So we had, like, these wall dummies, and I would just sit there and just shoot on that wall dummy and beat that thing up. Do you guys have one of those in your wrestling room? Okay. If you don't, those things will beat you up, too. I got smacked in the face quite a few times. You pull a dummy down, it pops back up. You get tired and it smacks you in the face. get beat up by a dummy. So, are you a dummy if you get beat up by a dummy? Maybe. So, yeah. But hard work matters. It goes a long ways. It's even more powerful when you know who you're doing it for. When you are working for God, that's what really matters right there. Knowing who you're representing how many of you have ever watched a christian movie and it was just bad raise your hands i mean let's be honest like the acting was bad the music was bad and you're just like really like okay if we're going to be christians who are trying to be a light in the world and we are trying to influence the world we want to give the best for god because i guarantee you this if you see a sunrise or you see a sunset Or you've had the opportunity to to visit the ocean or to walk in the mountains. It's absolutely beautiful. When I walked out this morning and I felt the temperature and I saw the trees and I saw the green grass, immediately I felt peace in my heart and I knew how beautiful that was. God's work is exceptional. We are wonderfully made. Think about how complex our bodies are. God does not do Poor work. So as Christians, again, I'm not talking about perfection. And let me make sure that I implement this thought process in here real quick. We cannot work for our salvation. Okay? That's a free gift from God. So I'm not asking you to work for your salvation. What I am asking you to do is in every single activity, in every mindset and thought process, Let's make sure that we're doing it for God and let's make sure that we're we're doing it at the highest level. Now, I will say that Christian movies are getting better and more enjoyable to watch. Christian music, I've heard some really poor Christian music, okay, and I teach at a public school. And I guarantee you, if I put on a lot of Christian music, kids would be like, this is terrible. What is this? Okay, I'm a PE teacher and I play music all during class, all right. There's some great Christian music out there. How many of you like hip-hop music, okay? Okay. All right, good, you can like hip-hop music at a Christian school, okay? I love hip-hop, I'm a hip-hop head. I grew up liking hip, uh, hip-hop, but I no longer listened to a lot of the Cephalists 2 when I was growing up. Once I gave my life to Christ, that changed. For a few years, I had no hip-hop music, because it was so bad. I tried to listen to some Christian hip-hop artists, and I was like, oh, this is brutal, couldn't do it. Today, we have Lecrae, we have Trip Lee, we have Andy Mineo. There's a lot of phenomenal hip-hop artists out there. And teaching in a public school, I have a playlist and I make sure and I put all that together and I make sure that I include some, some pop songs that are on the radio but that they're clean and they're appropriate for school but I also have a lot of Christian music on there and I have a lot of Christian hip hop on there and being in the gym kids are playing games it's loud and everybody's running around I play the same playlist in wrestling practice I have a bunch of them. You'd be amazed at how many kids come up to me how many of my wrestlers come up who is this I've never heard this song this is awesome who is this? Okay, And it's Christian music. It's drawing them in. They have no idea because it's not played on the regular radio stations. As Christians, we have an opportunity to perform on a high level. We have an opportunity to be attractive and to be a light to those who do not know Jesus. So through your work, you can reach those who have maybe never heard of Jesus, who don't go to church, who don't go to a Christian school. I grew up believing in God. I grew up praying to Jesus, but I wasn't truly following Jesus. We stopped going to church when I was about nine years old. And I got to see my dad be a good example. I got to see my dad take in kids who had no money and had no family um, behind the scenes, buy them tennis shoes because their shoes were falling apart or have them over for dinner because they had no parent at home making dinner that night. I got to see that all throughout my life but we didn't go to the church from the time I was nine until my freshman year in college. And there was a young man on campus, his name is Vinchard Dobbins, and he played football. If anybody's ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights, like the old Friday Night Lights movie, okay, he played on those football teams, uh, Mojo, Magic, Odessa Premia. He was a football player and a track athlete at my college. And I would see him at least once a week in the dorms. And every time he'd come up and give me daps, give me a little hug. And say, Brother Chad, come to, come to church with me. And I'd be like, ah, yeah, maybe one of these days. I'd always find a reason not to. And then for some reason, there was a day where he came up and said, hey, come to church with me. And I don't know if I just wanted to get him off my back or what, but I said, okay. And I went to church with Vince. And after the second time I went back to that church, I gave my life to Christ. And I dedicated myself fully to Christ. And I started reading the Bible for the first time. I really got in the word. And I was angry and I was mean at that point in my life. I worked hard. I did all those other things. I made good grades. I was an excellent wrestler. But I was living my life just just one day at a time, just kind of going. No true purpose. Having Jesus in your life and in your heart gives you a purpose for that work. And it will take you to the next level. When you get tired and you want to quit and you want to back off a little bit, if you're writing a paper and it's 10 o'clock at night and you got to get it done, you may just say, like finish this tomorrow i'm just going to turn it in as is or you may want to take an easy route and borrow from someone else okay which we call cheating or stealing or copying okay um you can't do that whenever you represent jesus you're going to go the extra mile and it's not hard work in the sense that this is torture or this is punishment this is an opportunity i tell my athletes remember we work hard in here it's because i'm going to prepare you as well as we possibly can we have goals and we have desired outcomes, but I'm going to prepare you as well as we possibly can. And this is not punishment, this is an opportunity. And if you're a Christian and you love Jesus, it is an opportunity for you to represent him in a great way. We move on to the next point. All hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Proverbs 14 23. This is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. I always sign it in the front of my book, even though I teach at a public school. We put 1423, we don't put Proverbs, but we put 1423 on a lot of our wrestling gear. People on the outside may not know what it means, but my wrestlers, they know what it means. And essentially, let's put it in today's verbiage, it means be about it, don't just talk about it. You can talk about hard work, you can talk about being your best and doing it for Jesus, but is it just talk or are you putting your feet into motion? Are you jumping into action? let me give you an illustration. Let's say that there are three word, three birds, we walked outside and there are three birds and they were just setting up on a telephone wire or up on a building. Three birds up there. And one of the birds says to the other two, I think I'm gonna fly away. How many birds are left? How many birds are left? Three, why? Yeah, he didn't do it, he just said it, all right? I mean, you guys are smarter than people in public schools. Jeez. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, this dude is no math teacher, okay? Just because you say you're going to do it doesn't mean you're going to do it, okay? You can have the best intentions of the world, but never get into action. There's a large difference between intention and action. And just on a side note, we often judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. That's not fair, okay? We have to get ourselves into action. Let me read that scripture again. All hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads to uh, poverty. Be about it. Don't just talk about it. You have to know inside your heart why you're doing it, and you got to jump into action. Whenever I decided I was going to write this book, how much time do I have left? I don't want to. Awesome. All right. Um, I have no issue talking for a long time. I actually led it in service at my school on Monday, and... uh, The principal didn't tell me exactly how long I had. He just said, he he read my book, and there are four chapters out of there he wants me to teach to the teachers, which is awesome. I was working on two of them, and so we're talking and talking, had a couple points left, and I had everything set up on a PowerPoint, and I looked over at the principal real quick, and I asked him, say, hey, how much time I have left? He was like, should have been down 15 minutes ago, but everybody was in it, so I didn't stop you, which was good. They were all into it, okay? Uh, But I know there were probably a few teachers like, I'm ready to eat, okay? It was almost lunchtime, so going back real quick if we are Christians and right now I want you to think about who do you represent you are going to represent God you're going to represent your family you're representing your school those things are all pretty important right if you're playing a sport, you're representing that team. Whenever we go and compete somewhere, we want to make sure that we are the greatest representatives possible. My wrestlers, whenever we go to tournaments, and if anybody's ever been to a wrestling tournament, you might be there for like 10 hours. Okay, it's, they, They're really long sometimes. Okay, And you're sitting in the stands. So there's a lot of food that's consumed. The families are sitting around and talking. It can become a mess. Whenever the wrestling tournament is over, every single time, We set this as part of our culture a long time ago, and I usually run and do it, but usually some of the kids do too. We go find trash cans and we bring them over. Even the parents, we're jumping up and everybody's cleaning. We're gathering every single thing up. We're throwing everything away. Do you think every team does that? A lot of teams just get up and leave. You wouldn't believe the number of times that other schools have called and either our principal or athletic director have sent me a message or called me and said, Hey, Holton High School just said thank you because you guys cleaned your entire area and they saw you doing that and they appreciate it. As Christians, other people are watching you. If you were to go to the grocery store and bought groceries and you came out and you put everything in a vehicle and you just left your cart sitting there and didn't go put it back up, is that a sin? I wouldn't say it was a sin. Is it poor character? It's poor character. Okay, we want to make sure that we take that cart and then we go put that cart back up all right? because we're representing Jesus. Does it take a little bit of extra effort, maybe a little bit of work to go and do that? Does it take extra effort to get up in the morning and to make your bed? Or to make sure whenever you're leaving the classroom that you slide your chair back under the desk? Or if there's something on the floor that you pick it up and you keep your school clean. It takes some extra work and effort and it takes character, but... Think about who you're representing, and you're going to do it because you're representing Jesus. You're going to do it because you want to represent your family well, you want to represent your school well. There may be a point in the future where you need somebody to write a great reference for you. There may be a point in the future where this is the college I want to get into and someone has to write a reference for me, or this is my dream job. Okay, And the boss, who's going to make the final decision whether or not they're going to hire you, is going to go out and he's going to check your background people are watching you you want to be that person that someone saw picking up the trash or putting away the cart and they can say man you know what he has the it factor he's awesome at what he does but he has character he takes care of the little things he's the kind of person or she's the kind of person that you want working for you This is the kind of student that you want at your college and representing your school and representing your team. You don't want to be that person who someone says, ah, you know what, I I think they make pretty good grades, um, but I'm not real sure about their character. You know, I saw them get up from the cafeteria day after day and just leave their stuff sitting there. Or I saw them in the Walmart parking lot just leaving a cart there. Is that a little thing? Yes, it's a little thing, but if you have two people both bidding for the same spot and everything else is equal, it's going to come down to the small things. And I don't want you to do it just to be successful as the world defines success. I want you to do it to be successful because you belong to Jesus and because you represent Jesus. You represent Jesus, you represent your family, you represent your school. Those are the reasons why I want you to work hard. Those are the reasons why I want you to put your your full heart into every single thing that you're doing. I promise you that your teachers, your coaches, your friends, all those that you have relationship with, they'll appreciate it if you go the extra mile. If you go the extra mile for you and if you go the extra mile for them. It's called work. Is it easy? Is it easy to do hard work? No, it wouldn't be called hard work, right? Okay. It's not easy. But it is not punishment at the same time. It is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for you to become your absolute best. It is an opportunity for you to be an example for other people, to be a light for Jesus out in the world. When it comes to a personal relationship with him, we don't have to work for that. But as Christians, we do need to put work into that area to develop our relationship with God. So as I get ready to close, I wanna encourage you. And the word encourage literally means to fill with courage. I wanna encourage you to develop your relationship with God in a deeper way than you have previously. I don't know if you have a morning routine, a lunch routine, a nighttime routine. Routines are awesome. Whenever I wrote this book, I didn't mean to write a book initially, and I've never even told Mr. Thiessen the entire story of how this whole thing came about. I will someday, because it's funny, okay? But I started writing a blog about four or five years ago, and it got really good response. And I made a decision, you know what, every single week I'm going to write a maximum of two blogs so it doesn't become burdensome, but I'm going to write a minimum of one. And I did that consistently for two or three, maybe even four years consistently. When the opportunity arose to write a book, do you think I had a lot of content? Absolutely, because I had a system, I had a process in place, and I'd been consistent about putting in the work to do that. So I had a lot of content to be able to draw from. I want you guys to have a system and a process in place to deepen and develop your relationship with Jesus. Make sure that you have prayer time. Make sure that you have Bible study time. And I'm not talking like just a devotional. I love devotionals. And sometimes I get caught up just doing devotionals and not reading my Bible. But let's try to do a little bit of both. Do a devotional that has scripture in it, but just sit down and do some Bible reading. Ask God to open it up to put it in your heart and in your minds to clarify it for you. Spend some time creating a system and a process for being grateful. There are so many things to be grateful for. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with you all this morning. You should be grateful to be at this school, that you're alive, that you're healthy, that you get to be around a lot of other young people that are alive and healthy, and you get that energy. Make sure that you're writing down daily the things that you are grateful for. It's really hard to have a bad attitude or to be angry or to be depressed or to be frustrated whenever your mind is focused on gratitude. And it takes a little bit of work to do these things every day. But when you do these things, I promise, it's going to change your mindset. It's going to change your heart because you're deepening your relationship with Jesus and you're getting to know him. And what you're taking in through your eyes and your ears gets down on the inside of you. And those are the things that come out, and those are the things... That are going to allow you to share Jesus with other people. Okay? So, as we get ready to break into groups, right? Yeah, I got a couple questions for us? Yeah, I got a couple questions, so make sure you write these down. All right, number one, in what areas of your life do you need to step up the work that you're doing and why? So, what areas do you need to work harder in and why? Number two, look up some scriptures about work in your Bible I want you to choose a couple of those scriptures to discuss but also that you can focus on throughout this next week see how God speaks to you through those scriptures and how you can apply those into your life yeah hopefully I provided you with a few game-changing moves in the areas of work and developing your relationship with Jesus Uh, so let's close in prayer real quick Father God we thank you for this day we thank you for the opportunity together Uh, You said that when two or more gather in your name that you'll be in their midst, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you that you're here with us today. I ask that you just speak into our hearts and our minds. Help us to realize um, who we are and whose we are and help us to have a mindset that the work we put in is an opportunity to glorify you in every single area of our lives to make ourselves attractive, uh, not for our own purposes, dear Heavenly Father, but so that other people will see you in us just the same way that you have created everything with such detail it made the world so magnificent and our bodies so great. I pray that we'll be able to put in work and have results just like that, glorifying you. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.